Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail, our highway in the sky. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails throughout our journey and stay clear of the doors. For the comfort of others, no smoking, please. Thank you. Listening to Two Men in the Mouse, episode 251, recorded live on the YDF Media Network on June the 9th, 2023. This is your everyday guide to the magic of Walt Disney World and the larger Disney universe beyond it. My name is Kevin Kessler, and I am joined as always by my good buddy, Peter Mandel. Hey, Kev. Hey, Pete. Happy to be back for the second week in a row. Yeah, nice. Good job, for sure. Uh, folks, we are two lifelong Disney fanatics who have managed to keep the magic of Disney alive in our lives every day, and we want to share that magic with you. So pull up a chair, gather the family, or pop in your favorite set of headphones, and let's experience the magic together. Pete! Kevin. Uh, so I have to apologize to people for... Um, I think I'm always apologizing at the beginning of the show, but um, just for, for how I'm going to sound on this episode, because I'm sick. Uh, Can we have, like uh, like... Kevin's apology music to like start the show off. We probably should. We should probably have like like some, <laughs> like the scrubs like do 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 But yeah, the um, uh, I'm sick, so you might you know just hear my voice not being as strong as it normally is. Okay, so uh, diving in this week, uh, so our Patreon is set to be launching soon. However, we are going to be releasing, so we, we've started filming, we've started recording content for it. So uh, Pete and I, when we watched the uh, episode of, the two episodes of Full House that we're going to be talking about today, we actually uh, watched it together on on video, and that will be available to our Patreon uh, patrons when that launches. Uh, so the only thing that's holding it up right now is is the um, the merchandise designs. So I'm still waiting for those. Once those are done, Patreon will be launched. We'll be good to go. And uh, yeah, this is kind of like the eternal, like, hurry up and wait. But I mean, like, I feel like the only people that are, like, getting, like, you know, uh, the people that are getting hit the worst by having to wait for this are you and me. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, the once we have the, the Two Men and the Mouse patron, um, you know, merchandise, the mugs, the shirts, the all that other fun stuff, then we will be launching the Patreon and you guys will have that content. But we are also going to be recording our first patron episode today and that will be released actually for free uh, here, um, you know, uh, with, the, with the normal podcast ads so that everybody could kind of just see what the patron episodes are. And then you can make an informed decision about whether it's something you want to like, you know, spend money on. So, okay, ready to get into the news? Please. All right, we got some worldwide news. Disney is set to unveil their holiday plans next week. Okay. This is going to be a special halfway to the holidays event that they're doing. And now, is this the first time they've made an event out of it? I think so. I don't remember them ever doing this in the past, but I, I could be either. wrong. Uh, in a post on the official Disney Parks blog, the company said from June 13th through 15th, celebrate hashtag halfway to the holidays. That's a lot of H's. Um, with us on the Disney Parks blog as we give you a taste of the season with announcements, sneak peeks, special treats, and of course, holiday fun. Uh, so we're expecting to hear about Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party dates, plans for the holidays around the world at Epcot, and details of a couple of surprise additions for this year. No word yet on what those are because, you know, they're surprises. But uh, 
you know, uh, celebrating the holidays this June, you can head to Gasparilla Island Grill at the Grand Floridian June 13th to 15th for holiday treats for halfway to the holidays. It's get a brownie tree pop uh, and a ginger snap cookie. Those are going to be available okay. over there. So uh, are you excited for when's the last time you did the holidays at Disney? Uh, well, so I typically go in November. So we we go because it is technically the holidays. Yeah, there. that's true. OK, so do you typically do the um, the Christmas party then? I don't anymore. I mean, we used to do it every year when the when the kids were little. Yeah, I mean, but I don't care so much anymore. Last so last year we did both the Halloween party and the Christmas party, and this year my fiance was like, I feel like we should pick one or the other because like you know like we're moving you know and like we've got all these like like moving expenses that we have to do, so we're trying to like be a little bit more budget conscious this year. And I said instantly, just I was like Christmas. Oh, see, I feel the polar opposite. I know you do, but I really dug the Christmas party last year. Like, I just got such an amazing feeling from it. And I'm not, I guess I'm not really that big of a, like, I like Halloween. I don't, like, dislike Halloween, but I'm not one of those people that, like, makes it, like, I'm, like, all about it. Like, no, me neither. I mean, obviously, I'm a Christmas person, but Christmas is everywhere in, in Walt right. Disney World. You can't go anywhere without being Christmas celebration. Well, but then Halloween the, other, is the other thing is, not- though, I'm going to get a frequent fear pass for Universal. So right. I can't really justify Halloween Horror Nights and... Not so scary. And with Halloween Horror Nights, I can go multiple times. I am hoping to go to Oogie Boogie Bash. Oh, over at uh, over in California. Yep. Yep. Over California way. I hear nothing but really great things about it. What's so different about it than, from, I guess we'll find out when I'll tell you we get what, back. I'll let you know. Yeah. But no, it's I'm... crazy. Like, even when I was there, like, people were like, you have to come to Halloween party here. It's so much better. That's really interesting. Oh I wonder what's so much better I... about it. I don't know. I guess we're going to find Man, out. I like that it's themed to a character. Me too. That we got some Disney Springs news. The water taxi service to Disney Springs from the various hotels has Thanks. been halted. Oh, halted. Yeah, uh, due to low water levels. Hmm. So the... um. That is currently going uh, on in the canals there. Low water levels have been a problem over the last few months, interrupting boat service between Disney Springs and the connected resorts, which include Port Orleans Resort Riverside, French Quarter, Disney's Saratoga Springs Resort, and Disney's Old Key West Resort. So uh, you know, if you're staying there, you know, coming up like very soon, you might not be able to actually do it because the water levels are too low and that'll probably go until you know the rainy season is like truly upon us like it's kind of upon us now like it, it's it's been raining right. but i don't know it hasn't been as like intense as it normally is like nor- like once you hit that rainy season it is every day in the afternoon you're getting some rain so uh magic kingdom news we have news on the music for tiana's bayou adventure okay now i know like like me you probably assumed that like this is just gonna be music from like from the movies like you know but apparently, uh, Disney has announced today uh, Walt Disney Imagineering is collaborating with award-winning artists PJ Morton and Terrence Blanchard on the music guests will hear as part of Tiana's Bayou Adventure. Disney's Carmen Smith said, both natives of New Orleans, PJ and Terrence, will help score a lyrical love letter to the region that first inspired our endeavor with Princess Tiana. We have more to share down the road as our teams make progress on a new original song composed by PJ Morton and new renditions of fan favorite music from Walt Disney Animation Studios hit The Princess and the Frog. Uh, RJ Morton, uh, I'm sorry, PJ Morton is writing, arranging and producing the original song for the attraction. He is performing on and producing the sessions in New Orleans of all new arrangements of the songs as well as songs from The Princess and the Frog within the attraction. 
Terrence Blanchard is helming music arrangement for the attraction's queue. Terrence is working to select songs from The Princess and the Frog, as well as iconic themes from New Orleans. The music will borrow from several musical styles that either originated or took up permanent residence in New Orleans. Some brand new audio animatronic figures will bring the invigorating sounds of New Orleans to life. Take this new rendering of Prince Naveen's brother Ralphie, for example. It's a scene you commonly seen in New Orleans. The joie de vivre influencing his every movement as he jams to the beat of his songful soul. Or this band of friendly critters playing joyful Zydeco style music. Ralphie will be one of 17 new audio animatronics in the attraction. So they have artwork of this, and as you see, like Naveen's like little brother. He's like a okay. he's like a smaller Naveen. So Tiana's Bayou attraction is coming to Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom in late 2024. So there you go. I mean, I guess we're gonna have an original song, which I mean, I'm always down for that. Yeah, me too. I mean, we always love original. I, I and that's good. Like, I don't I don't need to hear like all the songs from Princess and the Frog again. I agree. Yeah. Uh, you know the one thing that I'm I'm really hoping against hope for, but I feel like there's not a chance for it, is that we get some kind of like new arrangement of Zippity Doodah. But I know we're not oh. gonna. Hmm. Yeah, you know I would like some kind of nod. You know the. Uh... I mean, Zippity Doodah is like such a Disney song, you know, like, and it would be nice for them to be able to reclaim it, like not have right. it associated with Song of the South. I don't know. Yeah, I know what you're saying. What do you think the odds are that we actually get something like that? Very small. Yeah. It'll probably be something in, like, maybe something in the queue, if anything. But, uh, well, that's, you know, I'm thinking about, like, the whole Mr. Toad and Owl. Yeah. You know, Nod and Pooh, and it's so perfect. I wish they could do that in more rides. I mean, I'm, I, there's definitely going to be something in this ride. Like, yeah. Like, when they're, like, in, like, the swamps or something like that, maybe you'll see, like, Br'er Frog or something like that, like, among them, but. I That'd can't imagine it's going to be like Br'er Rabbit or anything like that. No. That's a little too much, probably. <sighs> in Epcot news, construction walls are currently up in the Canada Pavilion. I noticed you're wearing a okay. Canada t-shirt today. Oh, I am wearing a Canada t-shirt. You're correct. Very nice. I'm, I'm, I'm digging it. I'm digging the love for our neighbor to the north, you know, my, my home and native land, you know, in my heart. This uh, is actually a Disney shirt, too. Yeah. Well, by the way, wishing all of our friends in Canada safety. Uh, right now with all the you know the fact that the country's on fire uh, you know and and our friends of the northeast you know like watch how you breathe i guess it's good here today has it been okay all yeah right. yeah so supposedly tonight by midnight it was supposed to kind of be clear but as of this morning it's pretty clear no longer looks like you're living in a Zack snyder no. uh movie no, it didn't yesterday wednesday was insane. i saw those pictures i was just like this looks like the last scene of justice league yeah it's crazy um, so a major refurbishment project is underway at the Canada Pavilion and World Showcase. The the Hotel du Canada is wrapped in scaffolding on one side. Guests can access the two stores at the front of the pavilion and Canada far and wide is still accessible from the entrance near the Cellier, which remains open. Uh, looks like a new color scheme will be a part of the project with a test area showing a switch from beige to gray. Hmm. I like the beige. Well, maybe you'll love the gray. I don't know. I don't know if I'll love the gray. I don't know. Beige. The beige just kind of worked for me. I don't know. Maybe this will make me not love Canada as much if 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 the building is gray. You know, it's almost like uh, when they painted the castle and it has its current scheme. Yeah. I, honestly, like, I still don't like. I'm not used to it. You don't like it. And I can't say I like it. 
but in, it's okay. In further construction wall news, construction walls are also up around the former Starbucks location in World Showcase. This is the pop-up Starbucks that came when uh, you know they were still building the Connections Cafe. The construction walls are now up around parts of the former Starbucks Travelers Cafe near the Canada Pavilion at the entrance to World Showcase. Uh, the Starbucks Travelers Cafe closed at the end of April uh, 2022 alongside the opening of the massive Starbucks location inside Connections Cafe in World Celebration. The building has sat empty for the last year, but now there are signs that something may be happening in the area. Disney, however, is yet to make any announcements of plans for the space. So do you think they're going to, like, do something with that, or do you think they're just going to take it down? Hmm. Great question. I mean, what could they put there? I mean, unless they're going to do some kind of, like, Canada quick service thing. But they have kind of do that at their refreshment port already. Yeah. Maybe make some beaver tails? Mm, nice. That'd be good. Get some beaver tails going. Though it's also not really like in Canada, like it's kind of like, like I don't really even consider it part of World Showcase yet because it's kind of in that same area where like the Honey Bistro is and stuff like that. Yeah, like by yeah, that. I agree with you on that. I don't think of it as being part of World Showcase. It's definitely either, not. But, but if you're over there, odds are you are on your way. Right. Of course, you're going to World Showcase, or you're coming yes. from World Showcase. So right. I don't know. Maybe it'll. Uh, who knows? But it's also kind of in that like no man's land between. Canada and Mexico where it's just kind of like you have those little like gift shops and stuff. Yep. One of which is like a Marvel store now. Is it? Yeah, there's all, all Marvel stuff in the one. Do you remember it used to be uh that little photo area it used to be the home of Duffy? Yeah. I think that every time I walk by. Now it's it's usually like Daisy or Minnie or something like that now. Never the same. Never the same. Duffy was Duffy was and is the best. I mean, now I guess having he, Duffy be like an Epcot character yes. worked so well. Yeah, he was a sailor. Yeah. Sailed to all these countries. Yep. Well, and they, I guess he sailed to all these countries and then decided, you know what? I'm going to stay in Japan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that is and, where and Hawaii. Oh, in Hawaii, he's in, yeah, okay. And uh, Sh- and Shanghai too. Yeah. Shanghai and Hong Kong, I believe. So Duffy is just kind of like tour in the pan pacific rim like yeah, he's, a, he's a world traveler yeah well he's a, he was a world traveler now he's just kind of like settled in i think him and all his friends daisy may and that like turtle go oh, whoa whoa it's shelly may shelly may shelly may whatever um what, what's the tur- see i would assume the turtle's name was shelly no although my favorite of all the names is cookie ann Cookie Ann, who is Cookie She's Ann? She's the yellow one. I don't know. There's uh, a new one, too, I think. I can't keep up with them but all. Like, but they all like... come out in Japan. Like, we don't get them. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Duffy's bigger than, than Mickey in Japan, so. I don't know if I believe that, but. Uh, no, you know what? When we, we On the cruise, we were sitting with a couple from Japan, and I asked them about Duffy, and they were like, you know, Duffy's a big deal. He is a big deal, for sure. My buddy Dave went to Japan. Um, and did the parks and definitely a big deal. I don't know if we could say he's bigger than Mickey, but yeah. well, we have no Animal Kingdom news uh, this week, but we do have Hollywood Studios news. Okay, there was a pitched Muppet makeover of Rock and Roller Coaster that did I've not heard come about to pass. This. So uh, the Jeff Yorks, the co-creator of the Disney Plus show Muppets Mayhem, has added weight to the speculation that Muppets Mayhem may be coming to Rock and Roller Coaster at Hollywood Studios. Posting on Twitter in response to an article discussing the rumor, York said, not going to lie, this was absolutely part of our original pitch and is another piece of this dream. Fingers crossed that it happens. Speculation has surrounded Aerosmith's involvement with Rock and Roller Coaster for years, and recent accusations against frontman Steven Tyler have intensified rumors of a replacement for the band. 
the roller coaster is one of Walt Disney World's most popular thrill rides and has recently reopened from a lengthy refurbishment. Work took place on the ride system and improvements to lighting, but the show remained unchanged, staying with the Aerosmith concert storyline. Disney has yet to make any comment on any planned changes to Rock and Roller Coaster. I mean, I would love it if it was Electric Mayhem. Of course, it's not changing though. No, I mean, look, they might. I mean, how long do you think they have a contract with Aerosmith? And their their relationship with with Aerosmith has been kind of contentious the last couple of years. Just just a guess. I would assume since it's like you know a ride, I, I imagine that it's probably not even. It's probably a contract in perpetuity until like Disney doesn't want to do it. Probably, but I mean, like, how long is Aerosmith really going to be like relevant? Like, how many kids that go on I, there do you think actually? I don't actually think know they're who, relevant now. I mean, how many kids that go on there do you think are like, oh, Aerosmith, like? We were, yeah, barely I mean, we were barely talking about it in the early 2000s. What? I don't think that I don't think that ride needs Aerosmith. It doesn't. But then Nor who do you do put I in there? I think Disney has to pay a licensing fee to them every year. But then who do you put in there then? If you're going to Well, take that's the thing. I mean the idea of doing like a, another band is I don't know. But not what if I, it's I not rather... an actual band? What if it's the Electric Mayhem? Right, I would rather see that because A, they don't have to pay for it. B, I think it would be cool. But I bet you Disney doesn't want to do that because it takes away from their one real thrill ride with the concept of, oh, it's the Muppets, it's for kids. Yeah, I guess and that's And I don't think true. they want that look for that ride. Oh, Jim Henson would, would clutch his heart hearing you say that the Muppets are for kids. No, <laughs> I know, and I agree. And listen, you know, out in, you know, the Incredicoaster is incredibles yeah. you know what i mean i don't think anyone thinks that rides for kids but i i just to me i i feel like disney always like shies away from what the muppets what the muppets implicate as far as who the audience is right uh now did you watch um the electric mayhem show muppets mayhem no you know i've only watched like two episodes of it it's i mean it's not bad it's actually pretty good like i i thought it was entertaining but i, I mean even me as a muppet fan i mean like I have not really been super into a lot of the more modern Muppety things that they've been doing. Like, I've never finished Muppets Now. I didn't either. Yeah, it was bad. It was a bad show. Yeah. I mean, I liked the, um, like, I liked some of the new characters. I liked the turkey lady. Um, okay. But, yeah, I just, here's the thing, dude. The Muppets died for me the second Matt Vogel started voicing Kermit the Frog. It's really bad. It's so bad. It just doesn't sound like Kermit anymore. That's why, like, if you notice, and I think they know that, like, Kermit, like nobody likes Kermit anymore because of this, because Gonzo has kind of become the main yep. character of the Muppets now. Yeah, you just look at, uh, you look at the Haunted Mansion special. Yeah, and it was Gonzo and Pepe instead of Gonzo and Rizzo because Steve Whitmire was Rizzo, and I just, what could he have possibly done that was so bad that they had to get rid of him? But. I mean, I love Steve Whitmire. He's, you know, he was he was the quintessential Kermit voice after Henson died, and it's just it's never going to be the same again. It's pretty terrible. I and you know Matt Vogel, he's a wonderful puppeteer. I just wish they'd stop giving him legacy characters that he can't do the voice for because his Kermit voice is terrible and his Big Bird voice is even worse. So I think he's also the Count, but I haven't heard his Count yet. I'm, I'm assuming it's not good. But I mean, he was great as Constantine, the world's most dangerous frog. Like, he's great when you give him new characters to do. But, like, I don't like the recasting of legacy characters. It it takes some getting used to. Like, they've managed to hit a good point with, like, Fozzie and Piggy. 
Now that Frank Oz isn't doing it anymore, Grover's voice is pretty good. Cookie Monster's voice is pretty good still. They've managed to, like, kind of capture the Frank Oz voices. But, I mean, like, yeah, Big Bird and Kermit just do not sound good. And those are two main eventers, you know? Yep, they're the big ones. And, and you know, and I feel like and Big Bird also is, like, barely anything on Sesame Street anymore. That used to be his show. Yeah. Big Bird was it. Like, Carol Spinney, there's actually a whole chapter in Carol Spinney's book about how he had to, like, come to terms with the fact that it wasn't his show anymore after a while when Elmo started gaining popularity. Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, Elmo just took the world by storm. He did. He did. Elmo's adorable. Don't get me wrong. Now, Elmo is not Kevin Clash anymore, but the the voice they got for Elmo, if you didn't know that that voice was changed, you wouldn't know. Yep. It's so spot on. I don't remember the guy's name right now, but he he's like, yeah, I, I could like picture him in my head, but I know who I know what he looks like, but I don't know his name. But he does such a good Elmo. You know, I really dig that uh, Sesame area at SeaWorld now. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's really cute. They do these parades that are really fun. Um, yeah, the only thing is like, so they used to have Big Bird out in his nest to do photo ops. I don't know if they still do that. I did get my Big Bird photo though. Uh, but most of the photo ops are inside in front of a green screen. You have to buy the photo. Ah, uh, bummer. Yeah. Because if you take it with your camera, it's just it's just a green screen. Unless you chroma key it yourself, but which you could do. But who else? Have you ever been to Legoland? No. Um, I don't have kids. And, first of all, I don't know what there is at Legoland. I'm pretty sure it's mostly for little kids. I'm also pretty sure That's they do not. not allow adults without kids into Legoland. Really? I think I've heard that. Yeah, I, I've never looked oh, into it, but uh, I I was very curious about the Lego Hotel though, because there used to be billboards for the Lego Hotel all over the place, and I don't even know if it still exists because I haven't seen anything about it in years. Hmm. We're getting a new Indiana Jones uh, lounge at Hollywood Studios. It sounds like the epitome of temporary. But, yeah, what is that about? Yeah, so the Indiana Jones Den of Destiny will open today on Friday, June 9th at Hollywood Studios, celebrating the release of the upcoming Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny in theaters on June 30th. The new outpost at Disney's Hollywood Studios will offer food and drinks inspired by the indie franchise. Drinks include the Adventures, the Adventurous Margarita, La, La, La Atlantique Green Tea, and the Weathered Fedora. The new lounge will be open through August 15th, 2023 at the Indiana Jones Stunt Show Gift Outpost near 50's Primetime Cafe. So they're turning that like little like almost like store kind of thing yep. into a lounge, which I mean, do you think they keep it like that or do you think this is just like a pop up? Pop up. Yeah, I think so, too. I think and especially like once this movie makes no money, it's gonna, it's going to um, it's going to really go quickly. Yeah, because this movie's making no money, Peter Mandel. Like you can quote me on this. This movie is going to bomb hard. Well, what do you mean by bomb? You think it's going to lose money? I think it's going to lose a lot of money. Really? This movie is the most expensive movie Lucasfilm has ever made. No. It's, yes. No. That's. I swear to you, that is a, that is a legitimate fact. What was the budget? Three hundred and fifty million dollars. Okay. Because it was reshot so many times. Like this is not a thing I'm making up. This is like oh, I will the say- last thing you told me about the reshooting is not true. You know that, right? No, that is a hundred percent true. I'm pretty. I'm still it, pretty sure it is, that they completely it, reshot it, the ending. It is, it is not. It the is a hundred percent true though that ending. it is the most expensive film that because all the articles about this movie are like this is that the most expensive right. film that Lucasfilm has ever made. Which I it's like how like you made Star Wars like. <laughs> 
how is this the most expensive? Uh, right. But I think there's a lot of de-aging in it. Yep. You know, they, and, and they did do extensive reshoots, whether it was to fix the ending or not. Extensive reshoots were done. Time travel costs money. Yeah. And I don't think there's any interest in this movie, especially after they they brought it to the Cannes Film Festival. I think assuming that critics were going to love it and it is just universally despised. I don't think they brought it there thinking critics are going to love it. No one thinks critics are going to love a like summer popcorn flick. You know, why bring it to the Cannes Film Festival then? I'll tell you why they brought it, because this is the last hurrah for Indiana Jones. And they wanted Harrison Ford to get that standing ovation, which he did. He got a five minute standing ovation, which actually for the Cannes Film Festival is like the equivalent of like sitting on your hands. Correct. And, and Indiana Jones at Cannes is not like a typical thing right Right. it's not it's not something that would play to those to that audience but the i mean it is just i I, last time i saw it was definitely sitting rotten on rotten tomatoes it is like i'm sure i'm sure every critic there like tore that apart it's not a movie for them you're not getting fast and furious there right you're not getting any of these movies that by the way make a lot of money at camps because it's not the audience for it but i think they just want to recognize harrison ford's contribution here to a character that has made american cinema which I mean, you know what? It's, I'm all for that, and I think if this is going to be the last hurrah, it should really be the last hurrah. I never want to see another Indiana Jones movie again. Uh, I'd be surprised. I know everyone's saying you're gonna. I don't know about that. I think you. I don't think they like. What other viable franchise does Lucasfilm have other than Star Wars right now? But they're, I don't know if they have to. They're desperate what do you, for what another do you need franchise. Other than Star Wars? But why? Because people are tired of Star Wars. Yeah. I think people are tired of the Star Wars that we've gotten. Recently. Well, yes, they're tired of Disney Star Wars. I think I think we're going to see that change a little bit. Have you? Why you think like Filoni's going to like fix everything? Uh, I don't know Filoni per se, but I, I think you're going to see more. Listen, at the end of the day, it's it's a simple equation, and I've I seen. Think you're gonna... I mean, I've seen two rumors in the last couple of days that um, I don't believe. The okay. one that I the one that I want to believe I saw this morning is that um, whatever the guy's name from Solo is coming back as Han Solo in Heir to the Empire, and that they're casting a Princess Leia, and that Han, love Luke, that. and Leia will be in this movie. I would I, love that. I would love it, but I don't believe it. I don't believe it either. Uh, and if they if they are, it'll be a cameo. Even though I don't understand how the Empire rises again, and Han, Luke, and Leia are not like right in the middle of it, but. Right. Um, the other one is that Disney is so desperate for cash that they're going to sell Lucasfilm back to George Lucas. Which Someone I, else told me that. I'm like, come I, on. No, that is, that is the most ridiculous rumor I've ever heard. You know who wants Lucasfilm less than probably Disney at this point? George, George Lucas. Lucas. And George Lucas is 79 years old. What's he going to do with anything it? anything to do with this. What's he going to do with it? I mean, does George Lucas like where they took it? No. Does George Lucas regret selling it? Probably. I don't think so. I mean, he has been very vocal of the fact that, like, he does not like what they did. Of course, because, you know, they didn't take any of his ideas, and I get that. But uh, I don't think in any way, shape, or form he really wanted to make Star Wars ever again. What were so, you saying about it being a simple equation? Uh, listen, you want to make Star Wars? Star Wars is is essentially one thing, but let's say it's two for uh, the sake of this argument. Jedis and lightsabers. You have to put those things into your movies. Yeah. Because the movies that actually have that in it aren't terrible. And I think you're going to get a lot of that now. I mean, Rise of Skywalker is pretty terrible. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, if listen, if you 
spill milk on the floor, you know, that, that cleanup effort is, is not going to be mm-hmm. you know hundred percent tidy, no matter how you do it. I saw a great, like, I saw like it was a Mark Hamill at some convention and somebody asked him like, what was his like reaction when he, when he read the script for the first time and saw that all he was doing, you know, was, was taking a hood off. He was like, I was confused because they like they like tortured me in the gym for like months <laughs> to like so he's like so I assumed I was gonna be doing something very physical. Yeah, I that's for Force Awakens. I saw that he was like, you know, every page we turned, mm-hmm. he was like, I, I couldn't wait, like I couldn't wait for Luke's big moment to and, show up. And he said that when when the lightsaber flies out, uh, uh, when Kylo goes to, and the lightsaber flies past Kylo, he goes, "Oh my god, here it comes!" Like here's Luke's big moment, and he goes, like, "Ray catches it. Ray, <laughs> she hasn't even gone to Dagobah for training." So funny. Yeah, he and he went on and on about how like. Like you're telling me Luke Skywalker doesn't feel that like Han and Leia are like in danger. He felt it in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, I yep. guess you could also do like he cut himself off from the Force thing, but that's a cop out. Well, that's a Ryan Johnson thing. Well, yeah, of course, the whole thing was a Ryan Johnson thing. But I mean, there also would have had to have been a reason why he didn't go to help Han and Leia. You know. Because the original like ending of JJ's script has like like he's up on that thing and the force is like brimming around him and like boulders are floating and like you know he's like he's like this powerful nexus of energy. I mean, I look. I will always say Kathleen Kennedy's biggest mistake is that she allowed these movies to be made without a plan. Yeah, she, but that is more the formula. I mean, listen, let's not try and pretend that Star Wars, uh, you know, A New Hope was made. With a plan for all three, it wasn't. No, you know, but that, it wasn't to, Star Wars yet, right? The prequel trilogy was made with a plan. The, yeah, I bet you that was sure. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that plan got changed when people didn't like Jar Jar, but absolutely. Uh, but still, like you're telling me that George Lucas didn't have that entire three movies like planned out so that he could like start dropping things and like th- I don't understand how you can write a trilogy. And not know where it's going to end so that you can start building to that point. Yep. And it, and let alone, and I've said this before, the most important movie trilogy of our generation. Like, you had to hit this, right? Like, this had to hit. And they womp-womped it. To the point where hashtag Solo lost money. Yeah. Which is a shame because Solo is a pretty good movie. I like Solo. I I have no issue with Solo. Other yeah, Solo's than, pretty good. The only thing with Solo is when they're like, uh, "Who are your people?" I don't have anyone. Han Solo. I was like, you know, okay. what's funny? That scene is actually the the scene that I don't like, and for a totally different reason. All right, why don't you? In like that it? same scene, in the background at the recruiting facility, they play the Empire's theme and i'm like wait a second you're <laughs> telling like the... me this isn't music that's over a star wars movie this is music that's in a star wars movie <laughs> like the empire plays that theme it's the national anthem of the galactic like, empire it, i couldn't deal with that one scene because of it but i gotta be honest with you i really like that movie a lot i do too i do too i would have liked to um <clears throat> that's something that i would have liked to have seen a disney plus series on like the, yeah, we all would the continued adventures of young Han Solo. Like I would have yeah. loved that because then you could have thrown Boba Fett in there. Like, well, you know, back. I, I know. I sometimes I in my head I hold out hope that that will tie in somehow. Uh, I I don't think so because I don't it's, think it's, so either. When it when you're the first Star Wars movie to ever lose money, you're done. Well, if you remember, 
so it came out after last jedi yes it did. so automatically it's a loser right it also came out three weeks after infinity war Oh, so everyone's exhausted at this point. So, you know, people, dude, three weeks after Infinity War, Infinity War was still dominating. Yeah. Like, I don't know what they, it came out three weeks after Infinity War, and I want to say a week after Deadpool. I, I don't know what their thought process was. I mean, we all thought when they changed from Lord and Miller to, um, uh, what's his name? Who directed that? Ron movie? Howard. Yeah, for to Ron Howard. We all thought they'd push it back to December. That's what they did with the other movies. Yeah. And they were like, no, no, we're just going to still release it now. It's like, oh, they just want this movie to fail. It's uh, the like this summer, a friend of mine was like, no, this is how every summer was before COVID. And I'm like, I feel like it's a very crowded movie summer. Like every week there's something new. It did used to be crowded before COVID. This crowded, though, where every week there's like a blockbuster. Yeah. Because, I mean, you had Little Mermaid into Spider-Verse, which, by the way, was great. Um, Spider-Verse, not Little Mermaid. I didn't see Little Mermaid. But uh, everyone's like, how are you not seeing The Little Mermaid? I'm like, because I don't like the cartoon. Like, I really? don't, I, no, nah, I don't like Little Mermaid. I never, I was a boy in the 90s. I didn't, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't like on my radar. I don't have nostalgia for it. Man, the music's so good, though. The music is good. I do like some of the music. And I like Ursula as a character. And I like the area in Kingdom Hearts, but I don't like the movie. Um but yeah, like, and now this week is Transformers, and there was Fast and the Furious, and coming is Indiana Jones, and and the Flash, which sucks. Uh, <laughs> Elemental, which is gonna bomb. Uh, Elemental, they're, oh, they're saying Elemental is gonna do less than forty million on its opening weekend. That's the projection. You know, I think the problem with Elemental is I think it just looks too much like everything else. Yeah, it yeah. Looks... There, there's really no like Pixar, like that Pixar look and feel is kind of like been assimilated into disney i think now but i mean like it looks like inside out yeah it does look like inside out like oh, okay all these elements are represented with like the mood and characteristics that we think they would be like i'm like oh okay cool oh they're all different colors oh, all right yeah i mean they're, they're saying this is going to be one of the worst openings for pixar of all time well i mean they're also putting it out right against the flash well but according to you that's a good thing well i mean the flash is terrible but, um, you know, Michael Keaton's great, but The Flash is terrible. and But also The Flash is very much, you know, in, in, in typical DC fashion, The Flash is not for kids. Right. It is a dark movie that, like, you know, people get, like, filleted and, and killed very gruesomely. So, um, you know, there you have it. All right. Outside Walt Disney World news. We have got Disney and Apple partnering to launch a Vision Pro augmented reality headset, which will include a virtual Walt Disney World. I knew we were going here at some point. Okay. With with like a metaverse uh, Disney World. Speaking today, Iger said, we believe that Apple Vision Pro is a revolutionary platform that can make our vision a reality. Disney showed off examples of how the Apple Vision Pro will enable Disney's stories and content to come to life in ways that were previously impossible. Clips demonstrated included movies, TV shows, and even elements of a virtual Walt Disney World. Iger said that after trying Apple Vision Pro, the thing that struck him the most was how it would allow Disney to create, quote, 
deeply personal experiences that will bring fans closer to the characters they love and more deeply immersed in Disney stories. Walt Disney Imagineer Scott Trowbridge said via Twitter, congrats to my friends and colleagues on the Apple Vision Pro announcement today. While most of you have been working on this for years more than I have, I'm excited to continue to ideate on how to combine the best of Disney magic with the best of Apple technology. Uh, Iger announced that the Disney Plus streaming platform will be available on day one of Apple Vision Pro. So, yeah, that's going to make what it really. What do you think that means? Uh, what do you mean? Like the, I mean, look, Disney and Apple have always had a close relationship. Like, of course, going back to Iger and Steve Jobs, you know, like right. they were they were like friends. Uh, but I'm still a believer that at some point Apple will own Disney. That's I was like I was kind of like like you know circling around that. Like right. I think eventually, especially if things keep going the way they're going, um, Disney's going to sell to Apple. Yeah. And then I'm going to have to get an iPhone. Probably. I mean, my fiance's already on me about getting an iPhone because, like, everyone in our lives have an iPhone. But I like my Android. Uh, listen, I switched when, you know, the kids were small enough that they didn't have phones, but they had iPads. Okay. And it allowed me to iMessage with them. So I had to switch. That's what she wants. She wants I, She wants me to be able to iMessage. And I'm like, right. like, I have an iPad. I'm holding it right now. This is my iPad. But uh, so now, I mean, I've been and obviously this is not meta. I wonder if this is why they abandoned uh, Chapex uh, metaverse stuff. Maybe because they were going with Apple and that's going to like this, this Apple, uh, you know, Vision Pro kind of sounds like it might be a competitor to the metaverse. I don't do this thing so expensive. Who's buying it? I mean, it's expensive now. It, it's one of those things where it's gonna like it'll taper. How much is it? I've heard it's like thirty five hundred. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. Okay, this is the uh, <laughs> this is the Galactic Star Cruiser of. Uh... So I'm saying I don't get it. Like I don't get who's listen. Who knows? Maybe all those price reports are wrong. You're telling me this is more. Ex- this is more. You could buy like like five PS fives for less money than this. Like yeah. No, it can't be like, and the, the the I was actually just saying to someone the other day because so I I had to write an article recently about the metaverse, okay. And as I'm writing this article, I encountered perhaps the single stupidest thing I've ever encountered in my life. Have you heard about metaverse real estate? No, but it sounds great. People are buying plots of land in the metaverse for an average price of three hundred thousand dollars. Okay, which is the average price of a home in America, like a real home, like with you mean in in the universe, like in reality, like yeah. a thing that exists. Uh, the the um the most expensive plot of fake land, uh, purchased in the metaverse was went for four point three million dollars because it's a plot of fake land that's next to Snoop Dogg's plot of fake land. Okay, or something like that. This is like a whole thing now. Like this is a new industry that has popped up. Metaverse real estate. There's metaverse real estate agents who don't need any kind of licensure. <laughs> so like I I just wish I could have been in the room when this was like I bet we can get people like like when NFTs were were like thought up. Like what if we can get people to buy nothing? What if they could spend money on literally nothing? And think they got something. 
Yep. Like you realize that like when you buy a house for $300,000, somebody can't throw a switch one day and your house disappears. <laughs> but like if someone like turned the metaverse off, like your $300,000 investment is gone. Yeah, that's crazy. I, so w- once I heard about this, I started talking to uh, I t- started talking to my fiance about it. I said, I, I bet you at some point we're going to have like Disneyland metaverse, like a, a virtual Walt Disney World where you can like go and, you know, go on rides and stuff. But I'm like, you know, you're not going to be able to like feel like wind or like smells or any of that stuff. Like, I don't understand what like the the point of it would be. I, I don't know. Maybe yeah, I'm just old and cantankerous. I've, the 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 virtual reality thing has has never been like me neither. The, I mean, I enjoyed the um, I enjoyed the void in Disney Springs. Yeah, that was fantastic. Before they did something terrible, we don't know what, but <laughs> Disney was like, nope, no more, no more. It's over immediately. I never got to do the Marvel one. I did. It was great. Every everyone that always came here that wanted to do the void wanted to do Star Wars. I get it. So I did the Star Wars one like like eight times. <laughs> the Marvel but, one was fantastic. Yeah, I, that's what I heard. I heard it was so good. I didn't do the sh- I didn't do the Wreck It Ralph one either. Yeah, I never did that one. <sighs> so that's the news this week. All right, that's the news. All right, we're gonna. T- um, so we are going to reset ourselves, and we'll be right back with our e-ticket attraction of the week. Stay tuned, folks. More two men in the mask coming at you right now. This is Bill Farmer, and you're listening to Two Men and the Mouse. Folks, we love going to Walt Disney World. I mean, it's kind of the mission statement of this show. But we also love watching content about Walt Disney World and some of the earliest content that we all had before there were YouTubers and before you know before we had streaming we had sitcoms that went to Walt Disney World I mean this was one of our first real like you know uh, exposures to like this kind of content before we watched you know random couples or puppet monsters wandering around Walt Disney World with a with a webcam we watched families like the Tanners or the Winslows or the Matthews, uh, you know, in some of our favorite shows uh, produced on ABC or, or otherwise by Disney, uh, traverse the hallowed grounds of Disney parks. And Pete and I have decided that we are going to do an ongoing series where we take a look at these awesome, awesome uh, episodes of classic sitcoms. So you guys voted uh, on where we were going to start, and today for our e-ticket attraction of the week, Pete and I are talking about the Full House episodes where they go to Walt Disney World. And um, Pete, I'm uh, we we watched this yesterday, and it was so much fun. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely my favorite of all the Disney Parks episodes. We are definitely starting at like the at like the the, the top here, you know. Like, we're, but we're, I think it's also because we love Full House. We do love Full House. I mean, I, like, it's really. If you guys um, end up joining our Patreon, we do have the video of us watching it. Um, lower tier will be able to get the audio of that, so that you can kind of sync it up and watch along with us. But the um, the higher tiers will be able to actually watch the episode and see Pete and I reacting to it. Um, 
but yeah, we, we, I mean, we had a good time. This is a two-parter. So this is one of the only ones that's a two-parter because Full House was a two-parter and Family Matters was a two-parter, but I think that might have been it. I'm not sure if Roseanne was or not. So I think Roseanne kind of technically is a two-parter, but I think they only spend one episode in the park. So like the first one's about them like going there? I think the second one is actually about them, but I I'm, I could be wrong. Interesting. We'll find out. All right. So we are going to walk you guys through this episode and make little comments, by the way, about our, um, you know, about what we uh, our thoughts on the episode. So this was in season six, uh, I believe, episode 23, The House Meets the Mouse, part one and two. So we start off with Stephanie and Michelle fighting over candy. Both of them are chocolate. One has nuts, one without, and then Danny arrives to end the fight, and Michelle gets to choose which one she wants. This is going to be a huge theme for these two episodes, Michelle getting her way. Yep. So, now, Jesse and the Rippers are going to do a show at Walt Disney World, because that's a thing that happens. though All the time. I mean, I think Jesse and the Rippers could have very easily, like, if they were a real band in the real world... Like they could have easily played it like the Flower Power concert series or something like that, like or or like the one of the festivals, you know. You imagine if he did that now? I mean, the place oh, I mean be, that would be insane. It'd be wild. It was John Stamos and like a bunch of people. Yeah, no, that'd be insane. Uh, so in a few days, Jesse and Becky will also be celebrating their second anniversary. That's why he surprised her and reserved the exclusive honeymoon suite for them in Orlando. Now we don't know what where he was reserving this, but. You know, it, it happened. So, but then to Jesse's surprise, the whole family is coming with them. They just invite themselves along. Yeah, that's what you want on your honey on your uh, anniversary, right? But I mean, look at the end of the day, Jesse copped out on this. I think because this was clearly a like a, a paid for trip that he was getting. <laughs> That he was also selling as, look what I did for our anniversary. Yes, like he was he was cheaping <laughs> out here. Like Disney was clearly flying him and the band out to perform. And he was like, I'm just going to piggyback my anniversary on this. And then, of course, the enti- you can't say you're going to Walt Disney World and not expect the entire Tanner clan and Joey to come with you. Ugh. And Joey. And Joey. Yeah, I know you You will find out, folks, when you watch this watch along. Peter Mandel, not a fan of Dave Coulier. No, he's like my least favorite, and I don't mean that I don't think he's talented, or I just I, I, not my that was never my favorite. I love Dave Coulier. I think he's very talented. Uh, so later, Vicky, Danny's uh, girlfriend at the time, so this is during the Vicky era, she right. comes to say goodbye to the family uh, because she's going to be on her way to Orlando to be with. Um, uh, she'll be so she is formerly on assignment for Wake Up San Francisco. <sighs> I'm sorry. What the heck was this? <laughs> I can't understand my own notes here. Um, so Vicky is saying goodbye to the family because I guess she's supposed to be not going or she is going. I don't remember if she was actually going or not. She ends up going. Uh, but because school will be on vacation next week, Kimmy and Steve were also talking about tagging along. Now, Kimmy is going to tag along, but Steve is not. And that's going to be a big, you know, issue here because, right. you know. Steven, DJ Tanner, the you know the seniors in high school, have to be apart for a couple days, and that is not going to go well. Uh, Michelle says that if Danny loves Vicky so much, he should marry her, but Danny says that isn't super easy. So the other running uh, theme of this is that Danny Tanner is going to propose to Vicky at some point. So, 
Uh, everyone heads to Orlando, complete with Disney World stock footage and hotel check-in. Uh, now, they stay at Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa, which looked completely the same. Yeah, it's insane how much it looks exactly the same. <laughs> uh, so Danny is Danny is basically Peter Mandel on a Disney trip. So he has printed out itineraries for everyone. Did you ever do the printed out itinerary? Of course I did. Yeah. Back, back in the day before you could have it on your phone. Uh, so without letting him know, nobody wants anything to do with those itineraries. So as they depart the hotel, everyone just throws them in the garbage. Uh, no one threw my itineraries in the garbage. No, I'm sure they didn't because, you know, it was your wife and children and they were young and, you know. But even when we brought, you know, my my in-laws, everyone, everyone always appreciated the a good, know, preparedness. Look, a good itinerary is vital for yep. a Disney vacation. I, I'm with you on this. I think you and Danny Tanner do it right. Uh, so everyone's doing their own thing, but DJ misses Steve and starts seeing him everywhere. I think the best version of this is when she sees him uh, as Aladdin. Which is the first one. Yes, because Steve, the the guy who played Steve was the voice of Aladdin, which Correct. we'll get into when we start talking about trivia. Uh, so the girls find the Aladdin set up where they stand in line waiting to rub the magic lamp. DJ thinks she sees Steve dressed as Aladdin, but of course it's obviously not. The lucky boy or girl who makes the genie appear is crowned prince or princess for the day and is granted three wishes. So Michelle and Stephanie are standing next to each other in line, and Stephanie is about to go up, but Michelle uh, has an argument with her of who gets to go first. DJ tells Stephanie to just let Michelle go first, and Michelle rubs the lamp and the genie comes out. She's named princess for the day, and Stephanie is fuming. Rightfully so. I mean, first the chocolate. Well, now let this. me ask you a question, right? Like the Disney people saw that Michelle was kind of being a brat. Did they though? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's, there, she's right in the front. She's openly fighting. Yeah. Like, with her sister. Do you think when she goes up there, they're like, "Oh, this is the one." <laughs> Maybe. Do you think like that's what they do? Like, like it's not randomized. It's just like, oh, let's just give it to this girl. Yeah, I think I think you know I what? Maybe they do this mind. every day at this point in the Full House universe, and like whatever Earth this is, and like they're just like, you know what? We've been having it a little too easy lately. Let's like let's shake things up by letting this brat be princess right. for the day. Like, see what she wants to do. So Michelle's first wish is for peace on Earth, but Kimmy tells her that that's boring. So then Michelle's first first <laughs> official wish is that her and her sisters can go on any ride without waiting in line. So essentially, what does she wish for, Pete? Genie Plus. Genie Plus from the Genie. genie. So yep. Michelle is Michelle is patient zero of Genie Plus, basically. Uh, so then as as um, Joey heads to MGM Studios, which at the you know, it's now Hollywood Studios. He visits his friend Mark, who's an animator at the animation studio at the time. It was still a working animation studio. This was like 1993. Mark allows Joey to have some fun. And Joey does have some fun when he creates a cartoon likeness of himself, also voiced by Dave Coulier. And the cartoon like comes to life and does a whole bunch of hijinks, which I thought this was the stupidest part of the episode. It is the weirdest part of the entire. Well, because Joey series. is like literally seeing this cartoon come to life. So like I made the joke that like, you know, Joey, Joey stopped in the bathroom before he came there. And, you know, if you know anything about Dave Coulier, he probably did. <laughs> um, Vicky has now arrived at Epcot and Danny tries to ask her to marry him over in the Germany pavilion. But they are interrupted by an Oompa band. Right. 
Michelle is letting her status as princess of the day go to her head and starts getting a little too bossy for the other girls. Stephanie says that if her head gets any bigger, the crown will fall off. So now after riding the carousel 10 times, Michelle wants to go again. Not wanting to go again, Stephanie, Kimmy, and DJ become fed up with her bossiness and conceited attitude. But while they're discussing her, she gets tired of them and wanders off. So essentially, they're like, guys, come over here. They take two steps away from her and then proceed to talk at normal volume about right. how much of a brat she is. So she can obviously hear them. And then Michelle just wanders off. At Epcot, Danny and Vicky are visiting the Coral Reef restaurant. And once again, Danny is about to propose to Vicky, but Jesse and Joey are doing their radio show, Rush Hour Renegades, coming at you. Uh, they're from inside the tank. So, um, you know, they're trying to uh, propose, and Joey and Jesse are, like, there in the tank. So then they're doing their show. Joey is afraid to leave the tank because there's a shark out there, which is making Jesse late for his date with Becky for their anniversary. Right. Not good. Um, so then when Danny tries to propose to Vicky again, he gets a phone call and finds out that Michelle is lost. So they go to help search for her. While back at the Magic Kingdom, DJ Stephanie and Kimmy continue to search for Michelle, calling out her name in a massive crowd within Fantasyland. Like it was like a big, huge crowd. And then we get our yeah, to- like everyone showed up all of a sudden. Yeah. Like the entire time. It was like nobody. Uh, then we got the to be continued. Now, part two. Ready for part two? Always. All right, so first we got a previously on Full House with Michelle standing with all, like, the characters saying it, which, you know, previously on X-Men is, like, my favorite, is my favorite previously. So continuing for part one, Michelle is dancing with a steel drum band. I believe this is over in Adventureland, right? Right. That's where she was. After the song's over, Snow White, who is in Adventureland for some reason, walks up to her and tells her that she heard that she had run away from her sisters. And no one in Disney is doing anything about this. <laughs> this child just wandering about. And there are like wanted posters all over the park. Oh, now wait, those were just Princess of the Day posters? Yeah, they were just Princess of the Day posters. And like, so, you know, she this, this child is literally just walking around by herself around Walt Disney World, posters of her everywhere. And Can I get? I would like to get one of those posters. Maybe I should look into that. The Princess of the Day, Michelle Tanner. It's such a great poster. I bet you you could find them somewhere. Yeah, I know. Somebody's I probably somebody printed them that. out. Um, Snow White asks uh, Michelle asks Snow White to help her with her second wish. As everyone's searching for Michelle, uh, those who do not know she's missing are doing their own thing. Jesse and Joey are doing their radio show, and this is when Joey gets his fear of sharks. Which Joey, I feel you, buddy. He's reluctant to swim out of the tank with Jesse. They can't get out of the aquarium. Becky is waiting for Jesse at the boat dock back at the Grand Floridian, but he is 45 minutes late. Um, she's trying to have a picnic with him, but she ends up having a picnic with Chip and Dale instead. No cell phones. So it's not like she had a way to get in touch with exactly. them. Exactly. Jesse's not texting her. Yeah, he apparently doesn't have a beeper. <clears throat> yeah, but Vicky did. We did see Vicky with her beeper. Yep. Michelle's second wish is that she's having a tea party with Snow White and all her favorite Disney characters. She still wishes she'd not wandered off because now she misses her family. Right on cue, this whole situation resolves itself when Danny, Vicky, DJ, Stephanie, and Kimmy all show up, led by Mickey, who apparently was like, is no one going to like do something about this child wandering around? I guess <laughs> I've got to come take down care. from his like corporate office. Yeah, he's like, I got to take care of this. Really? Like, I have to do it? <laughs> Uh, while they're happy she's safe, they're not happy about her actions. Michelle makes it up to them by first apologizing and then inviting them to her tea party. They all accept. 
Uh, now this was this tea party was in Toontown in this area where we saw Nikki and Alex at one point, and uh, we were like, "Where the heck is this?" Because it was like weirdly like yeah like nowhere we re- we recognized. Becky is fed up of waiting for Jesse, so she heads back to the Grand Floridian. Jesse shows up at the dock. He sees Chip and Dale eating his picnic lunch. He calls them rodents. And then he goes to the hotel where Becky is like up on like the like the top the the upper level of the Grand Floridian lobby and she's like gonna like storm into their room. So Jesse then just sits at the piano in the lobby and starts playing a song for her. I mean he sings that first note as her hand is like on the doorknob. And so, she hears I mean, him and comes back. Yeah. Oof. Uh my my whole thing was like the second he started playing that piano, a cast member's coming up to him being like, Sir, you can't do that. <laughs> um he Jesse would have been a hundred percent trespassed for continuing to sing that song. Um he apologizes for being late, she accepts, and they go on a lagoon cruise. They rent a boat and they go out into the Seven Seas Lagoon. While everyone else is enjoying Walt Disney World's rides, an Aladdin themed parade, and a stage reenactment of Raiders of the Lost Art arc at the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular, DJ mistakes Indiana Jones for Steve. Because, you know, she really misses Steve. Yeah. Stephanie goes back to the hotel where Joey is because she is still furious at Michelle for cheating her out of a chance to become princess for the day. Steve now actually shows up at the Grand Floridian. And DJ at first refuses to believe that it's really him until, you know, he's actually there. He's checked in. Steve can apparently afford his own room at the Grand Floridian as a 17-year-old and allowed to, like, make the reservation and check in. Um. Joey then gives Stephanie the inspirational, uh, you know, father figure talk of the episode. I believe they were on the boat dock right here. And, you know, he's like, oh, obviously you feel cheated because of Michelle. But, you know, you cheated yourself out of a lot of fun by going back to the hotel while everyone was enjoying the rides. And Stephanie realizes that, you know, Joey's right. Even though which which is immediate, which if any parents out there know that when you're trying to, you know, explain something to your kids they immediately say oh my gosh you're right i mean that's every episode of full house it's only a 30 minute show (laughs) these kids are so susceptible to like adult like morality lessons because they are constantly like just being like wow you're right (sighs) so um snow white shows up with michelle michelle feels bad about cheating stephanie so she surprises her with her third wish being that Stephanie gets to be princess for the rest of the day. Michelle hands the crown over to Stephanie. And then um, Stephanie then would get to ride in the parade as the princess for the day. But Snow White says that because Michelle was so unselfish with her wish, the whole family gets to ride in the parade. So Michelle still gets to ride in the parade. It's amazing. Michelle gets everything that she wants in this and and makes no concessions whatsoever. Right. Um. So the whole family gets to ride in the parade. Cinderella also rides on the float with them, with Stephanie dressed as Cinderella and Michelle as Snow White. Steve and DJ get to ride on the float as well. That evening, Jesse's gig with the Rippers is successful as Joey broadcasts it live to KFLH with his special guest host, Snow White. Uh, Jesse then performs A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes on the piano, which he says is for dreamers everywhere, as fireworks begin bursting behind the castle. Danny finally asks Vicky to marry him when the fireworks spell out, Vicky, I love you, will you marry me? To which point every other Vicky in the crowd was like, and every other guy that was dating a Vicky in the crowd was mad at (laughs) Danny Tanner. (laughs) 
What if it actually wasn't like like that was like some other guy that was like trying to propose to a woman named Vicky and Danny just used it as like his opportunity to slide in there? Now, now he has to. Yeah. Uh, so fireworks display continues. Vicky accepts the proposal. The audience applause and the EP credits appear as we the camera zooms out to reveal the entire Cinderella castle. So there you go. Two episodes of Full House exploring Walt Disney World. You ready for some trivia about this? Oh, I would love that. Let's so, learn. Uh, that year during the Walt Disney World Easter Parade, the cast gave a behind the scenes look at the taping of the episode. This was Jody Sweeten and Mary Kate Olsen giving the giving the behind the scenes tour. The stock footage of the jet airliner taking off when everyone leaves for Disney World was previously used in the episode Come Fly With Me when the plane Stephanie and Michelle snuck onto takes off. So it was a reused stock footage there. Saving all that money. You just feel the savings. Um, Danny's mention of Macaulay Culkin while they're at the Grand Floridian is a reference to the plot of Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. Danny is singing zippity doodah at one point as the family heads their separate ways and then plays as the girls enter the Magic Kingdom. Uh, this is from, obviously, Song of the South, as we mentioned before. Uh, DJ's comment of Off With Our Heads is a takeoff of Off With Their Heads from Alice in Wonderland. Um, the scene where Michelle rubs the magic lamp and the genie appears was shot at Disneyland, not Walt Disney World. Oh. There are a few shots here and there between both episodes, which for budget and time were shot in California. I think that's fascinating. Hey, me too. Uh, in the, you know, I didn't even notice it either. Like, I legitimately thought that was Main Street in Walt Disney World. Hmm. In the Full House E! True Hollywood Story, series creator Jeff Franklin discussed how popular the show had become by that time and how Jody Sweeten, while filming, came out of the bathroom at Walt Disney World crying because hardcore fans followed her in. The, the You know, the, the horrors of stardom. Right. Uh, Scott Winger, who is Steve, also did the speaking voice for Aladdin in the 1992 movie, the TV series, and its direct-to-video sequels, which is why, you know, when they see Aladdin as Steve, it makes sense. In the movie Aladdin, the genie is dark blue, but when in this version, when Michelle rubs the lamp and he comes out, he is actually sky blue. So the genie was a little uh, altered for this. Okay. Now, here's a continuity error for Full House, for those of you that are like me and like to point out continuity errors. Jesse and Becky are married on Valentine's Day because of the hype Becky, Becky had put on having a romantic wedding on Valentine's Day. And later in season six, in The House Meets the Mouse, the couple is celebrating their anniversary when it is clearly not Valentine's Day. Earlier this season, Valentine's Day was celebrated in The Heartbroken Kid, and they didn't celebrate or mention their wedding anniversary. However... We did note that it was probably sometime in the winter. Yeah, because based on the way they were dressed. based on the way they were all dressed in Orlando with like the long sleeve T-shirts and stuff. Joey's animator friend who tours him around the animation studio is played by Mark Henn, an actual Disney animator who has been working for Disney for three decades and is still there today. That was that's pretty good. Now, this is a question we had when we were watching it. The people who play the Disney World guests are the actual guests there. They right. were not paid extras. Now, I'm sure some of the people that are, like, directly around the cast are probably right. extras. Yeah. Because they have to be because they, they don't look at them or anything right. like that. So uh, so the Disney characters that make appearances throughout these two episodes, you have Aladdin, Alice, Blue, Captain Hook, Chip and Dale, Cinderella, Donald Duck, Dopey, Goofy, Mickey, Minnie, Pinocchio, Prince Charming, Princess Jasmine, Roger Rabbit, Snow White, Tigger, the White Rabbit, and Winnie the Pooh. In the final scene in front of the castle, the twins, Nikki and Alex, were not there. 
Did you notice this? That's because one of the twins was running down the castle ramp, clotheslined himself on a parade rope, and was crying. They opted to not include them in the final scene because of that. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> That's true. Oh, wow. Uh, while on the parade, the cast was waving to real-life Full House fans in the crowd. That is what we uh, we had guessed when we were watching this. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like that was uh, that was during a regular day of operations, and the Full House yeah. cast just happened to be on that on that float. They very rarely showed the crowd. It was pretty tight shots on yeah. the floats. Yeah. So you'd have to think that that's a regular day. Now, the parade that you see in this episode is the Walt Disney World 20th Anniversary Surprise Celebration Parade, also known as Party Gras. So there you have it. That is the Full House Walt Disney World two-parter. Love it. It was so good. I, yeah. I I really love. I mean, I really hope it's not all downhill from here. I think we decided when we were doing the. Well, they're all pretty good. Yeah, we're doing the watch along. I think we decided that now, like, if we let everybody vote, then like we're gonna get like the worst ones at like the very end. So like this is gonna run out of steam yeah. pretty quickly. So we are now gonna go in chronological order. So I believe the next one that we're gonna be doing is Blossom. Yep. Uh. So now the one thing I want to know from from the listeners is. Should we do this like every other show, every three shows, every show? Like, what do you guys want to like? Do you guys want us to just keep going with this or do you want us to take little breaks here and there and then come back to it? I kind of want to take little breaks and come back to it so we don't get burnt out on it. I agree. Uh, I agree. But I mean, there's so many of them. I mean, it will end up doing it forever. Yeah, we'll end up doing it for like six months. So. So, uh, yeah, well, that's what we'll probably do. But I still want to hear what you guys want to say about that. Uh. All right. So, anything else you want to add this week? Today's my daughter's birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Abby! Now, do you remember having little Abby on the show? Yes, I do. It was one of the most adorable well, shows like we you ever were here had. in the store. Yeah, one of the most adorable shows of all time. Yeah, when your kids found out they were going to Disney World on the on the air. Yeah, while your wife yeah, was filming was on a cell phone. Yeah, uh, that was a good time. That was a good time. Yeah, That's how old is she now? My... She's 15 today. Good Lord. She was I like know, five right? when, when we did that episode. Still loves Disney. I don't even think she was five then. Still loves Disney. Well, Both good. my kids. I mean, I'm glad, that, I'm glad that neither of your kids ever like had that rebellious moment. Like with my dad, like I was rebellious and said I didn't like Bruce Springsteen anymore. Because right. that's like his thing. Uh, so your kids never had that rebellious moment where they like, you know, throw no, off I mean, the thing it's that you weird. like. You know, everyone... Even all my friends who like aren't Disney people are like, "Oh, you wait, your son, he's not going to care about Disney anymore." And I'm like, "Well, I don't think so." Yeah, no, and, he's, uh, he's, he's he's 18. He's pretty into it. He's he's a bona fide Disney adult now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he'd be crushed. Like if we were ever like, "Hey, we're going to go without you," he would be devastated. Yeah, no, that would never. That could never happen. Um. All right. Well. Um. Oh. So uh, of the of the remaining, uh, you know, specials, which one are you most excited to do next? Okay, well, so my other favorite, other than Full House, Full House is is a modern one, Modern which Family, is Modern Family. Yeah, the Modern Family Disneyland episode is it's a very 10. good. Yeah, it's I am great. most excited for Boy Meets World. Yeah, you love, but well, that's your jam. You love Boy Meets World. That is like my one of my favorite shows of all time. I have tickets to the Boy Meets World live, the Pod Meets World live. Uh, stage show that's okay. coming uh, to Orlando in September. My best friend and I are going, and I'm so psyched for it. I love Will Friedle. I love Danielle Fischel. 
and that's it. Me too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they they are just wonderful people, and their show is very very good. Um, so yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that one. I am looking forward also to rewatching the Roseanne one because I've only seen that one time. I've seen that one a bunch actually. My dad hated Roseanne. Like, I did too. I never watched it as a kid, so I never saw any of them. I've only seen that one, and by seen it, I mean like now as like an adult. So yeah, like I never watched it as a kid. I remember my mom liked the show, and my dad just thought it was the worst show ever. Like he hated like how dysfunctional the family was. I think. Right. Well, your dad's also a sports guy. Yeah. Roseanne had a very famous yes uh, incident where she sung the national anthem at uh, some sporting event. I don't yes. remember which one, and it turned a lot of people off. Yes, it did. I remember that. Uh, which uh, at the so. Roseanne, the the Comedy Central roast of Roseanne, she actually ended by actually singing the national anthem and like singing it regularly, which still wasn't oh, very that's pretty good. interesting. Still wasn't very good. Right. Uh. Um. Okay, so um, I'm also really looking forward to seeing the Sabrina the Teenage Witch one because I've never seen that one. So I've never seen – It's interesting because it's really it's, – it's just Animal Kingdom specific. Right, right. I've not seen that one. I've not seen Blossom. And I have not seen um, uh, the Blackish one. I haven't seen that one either. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to those. Have you uh, seen the? I believe George Lopez goes to Disneyland. Yes, there is. Also. A, I have not seen that one, but there is an episode of the George Lopez show, which I guess we're I watched have to that see. one. Uh, I mean, the family. You know what I always found interesting about these is that usually, like at least in some of them, big like show changing events happen in the Disney World episode. Hmm. Like with uh, Family Matters, it was like a whole thing with Stefan or Kel. Yep. And you know, in in um, in Boy Meets World, Corey and Topanga get back together. Spoiler alert! After they'd broken up, and in in this, Danny gets engaged to Vicky. Yep. So, all right. Uh, well, if we got nothing else. So without any further ado, that's gonna do for Two Men in the Mouse this week, folks. Thank you so much for joining us on our journey through one of our favorite '90s sitcoms, Full House, and their experiences in Walt Disney World. And folks. If you love our good buddy Peter Mandel, check him out over there at Rogue Comics at 105 North Union Avenue, Cranford, New Jersey, 07016, or go to roguecomics.com where you can find a link to Pete's eBay store. Uh, if you're planning a Walt Disney World trip, check out our friends over at Away With Me Travel. They got you covered on all of your all of your vacation needs, but especially uh, Walt Disney World Universal Studios. And folks, for me, please check out my books. They're out there on Amazon under the name Vincent Valentine, V-A-L-E-N-T-E-A-N. Uh, you can find all of the novels I've written. Also, the Rossinanti series, which is my original uh, book fantasy series that is available under my actual name Kevin J. Kessler and they're all on Amazon in uh, ebook, audiobook and paperback formats so uh, check those out and of course the Morning Monster YouTube channel uh, which I, which we are like you know getting things in order I am currently uh, constructing a new Morty puppet so uh, that is what's kind of holding up the uh, the YouTube channel from, from fully launching again um, once we have because I want to do a lot of green screen work Pete and the problem with that is that Morty's nose and eyes are currently green. Yeah, so that's an issue. Can't do no green screen work with that. So, yeah, uh, yeah that's why we are uh, rebuilding the puppet. Um, but, uh, yeah, so uh, that does it for this week. Pete, any closing words? Oh, I like the uh, doing shows like this. Yeah. Kind of big fan. In a row. It's nice. Big fan of it. All right, folks, please keep the magic alive every day of your lives. And we will see you next time on Two Men and the Mouse. 
so there's a great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day there's a great big beautiful tomorrow just a dream away if you're standing please hold on to the handrails and stay clear of the doors until the monorail stops completely and the doors open if this concludes your visit we hope you've had a wonderful time and will return home safely Thank you for traveling with us. This has been YDF Media Productions.